Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. We talked about this last week. This is the perfect time and a time where everybody's leaning on their back foot. Right now is actually the best time to lean forward and run into the things that God has for you. In the Old Testament, while everyone was standing on the battlefield, leaning backwards, fearful of a giant who is pouring out threats and breathing out fear, everyone on their back foot terrified, David leaned forward because he knew it was the perfect time to slay a giant. And I want to challenge you, it's a perfect time for all of us to take the next step. Genesis chapter 15, verses 3 through 4, says, And Abram said, Behold... You have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And I love this. I've highlighted this. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord came to him, delivered fresh. God sent a here and now message to a man who was struggling to see what would lie ahead. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And so the title of my message today is, Now is the Perfect Time to Get a Fresh Word from God. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each person at home. For those who are here in the room, we're so grateful, God, for your touch. Lord, there's all sorts of words flying around out there in the public. God, the question was asked, whose report will you believe? We've said, Scripture has said, we've declared in our own hearts, I'll believe the report of the Lord. The Lord, in order for me to believe that report, I've got to hear it fresh and new. So today, I pray that you'll clean out our ears. God, open up the, 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 the uh, conduit that allows your word to flow to our lives. Stir our hearts fresh and new. Give us ears that hear what your spirit is saying to us on a personal level for our right here and our right now because it's the perfect time to hear a fresh word from you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and everyone said amen and amen. You can be seated, and as you do, why don't you look at the person next to you and say, it's a good time to get a fresh word from God. Absolutely it is. It's a good time to get a fresh word from God. Uh, Genesis chapter 15, the verse that we were in, um, this is a pretty amazing portion of Scripture, and I want to point out to you um, that uh, Abram, is hearing this when he's 75 years old. Now, he lived quite a bit longer than most of us will live, I think until like 125 years old. But he's hearing this as a 75-year-old man, and this is not the first time he's heard God speak to him. In fact, if you rewind about five years back to Genesis 12, we don't know that it's the first time that God spoke to him, but God began speaking to him as, as recorded in Scripture. And back then he was about 70 years old. And God spoke to him that he was going to be a great, great nation. And in the process, he heard God and he believed God and he began to leave his home country and travel to a land that God was going to go ahead and show him. But five years has gone by. Anybody here, you've had a word from God and it's been over five years? Raise a, raise a hand. There's a whole bunch of hands going up. You at home. Five years is a very long time in our lives when we're waiting for something, right? And so he's been waiting for five years, and he's also stepped into a season where now he's 75 years old. Not exactly the perfect time to start thinking about having children. But in order to become a great nation, he has to have children. 
And so he is looking at his life somewhat overwhelmed with the fact that the time has not come for the promise to be fulfilled. But there in that moment of discouragement, looking at his lack of a child, lack of a son, he begins to look at his servant, Eliezer, and he begins to rationalize in his mind, well, maybe I'll give everything to him and he will become the great nation that God promised. And yet deep down, did, have you ever tried to rationalize a substitute for God's promise in your life? I know I have. You begin to think, well, I know God said this, but I don't see it happening, so maybe, maybe it will happen this way. And we begin to create a substitute, we begin to rationalize it, but it doesn't settle right with us or with God. And God comes along and corrects that rationalization and lets you know, no, 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 I was not mistaken. The promise that I gave you was dead on and I'm going to work it out. So God gives Abram a fresh word right here in this moment. It's a right now word that applies to him. And what I want you to know is this account here in Genesis chapter 15 happens again and again and again, all throughout Abram's life. In fact, it's a pattern of how God deals with believers. As you look in the New Testament, as you look in the Old Testament, the great people of faith, they hear from God, they begin to take steps, they experience opposition. Anybody? Or, or is it just me? You experience some opposition, some time, some resources, some difficulty, some naysayers, some personal failures, all sorts of things. And you begin to say, I don't think this is going to come together. I don't think this is going to come together. But then we show up before God and God speaks and God reaffirms what his promise is. Amen. And so this is something that I want you to grab onto for your life. It should be in your life as a believer that you have a fresh word from God. It's connected to the words he's already said. It informs your right here and now. and allows you to look beyond the obstacles that are hindering you that he's already spoken about where you will go. But it encourages you that you can make it through the obstacles. And I find for me that I have to regularly lean forward and say, no, 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 I need to get a fresh word from God. And it's not a new word. It's not God said blue before, now he's going to say red. Or he said left before, now he's going to say right. It's I'm on a trajectory, but I have some doubts. I have some discouragement. I'm a little bit tired. And God, I need a fresh wind. It's kind of like being out on a, on a lake and you're a sailboat. You've already launched off into this direction. You have a destination that you're after, but you're lacking a little bit of wind. The word of God comes into your life, a fresh word to once again cause the wind to push against the sail so that you can once again pick up some speed and take your next step. So I want to give you a couple points about a fresh word. Uh, first point I want to give you is a fresh word informs and ignites your here and now. Because what happens is we have a tendency to get a little bit stagnant, to get a little bit stalled, to become a little bit complacent. Not you, it's other people who will listen later. But we come, become a little bit complacent, and we're, we need something to charge us up again to continue on with the course. Now, one thing I want you to understand is when we talk about a word from God, there's two different uh, New Testament words we could be using. One, the first one is logos, which means the written word of God. Okay, Any portion of scripture in the Bible falls into that category. Now, it contains some history. It contains some context. And it contains some truth. And while it is true, it might not necessarily be a fresh word for you. That old song that says, all the promises in the word of God are mine. No, they're not. They're not all for you. 
the truth of God is for you, but some promises were specific to specific people. I know that God spoke to Peter and said, come out on the water, but I've also been on the beach and not heard him say anything and tried to step out on the water and walk, and it's not worked for me. The reason why is because the second form of the word of God, when we talk about it, is what we talk about a rhema word. It is maybe also in the written word of God, but it contains truth for you here and now. It is God's fresh here and now word for you. And so this is what I want to challenge you to do. We always have the written word of God, but for you to capture the fresh word of God is for you to grab onto the rhema word for your life so that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have God's directive, his wind blowing behind your course of action right here and right now. Um, uh, September 20th, uh, 2020, a young woman named Brittany um, let me get the Brittany Keach received a postcard mixed in with her normal assortment of bills in Belding, Michigan. And upon further inspection, she noticed the faded green stamp up in the top corner was a George Washington one cent stamp. Thinking that strange, she looked over and noticed that the postmark was from October 29th, 1920. 100 years it arrived in her mailbox after it was actually mailed. The postcard was written by Flossie Burgess to her cousin, Mrs. Roy McQueen, who previously resided at Brittany's address. The postcard starts off, Dear Cousins, we are quite well, but Mother has awful lame knees. It's awful cold here. The word must have been awful, like awesome or, or whatever, rad or on point or fleek. Uh, apparently, awful was the cutting-edge term back then. It's awful cold here. The note ends with, don't forget to write us, followed by a question as to whether or not Roy got his pants fixed yet. And so this is a postcard that a woman pulled out of her mailbox. It's part of history. It contains some very valuable truths. It's applicable to someone somewhere, and quite likely in a previous time, but it did not necessarily apply to her in her setting and inform her next steps. And that's the thing I want you to grab about uh, the, the difference between Lagos and also Rhema. Lagos has uh, certain teachings, valuable principles that will apply to your life. You do need to still fix your pants if they're not fixed. Anybody tracking with me what I'm trying to say here? That postcard contained valuable historical narrative, some truths, that were delivered to a person that could also be valuable to another person. But if you go to your mailbox for instruction, you don't want to be grabbing onto a postcard from 100 years ago. You want to open up your mailbox and reach in and find out the fresh here and now word for you. And what I really want to suggest to you, in fact, I want to challenge you with is God always has a fresh rhema word for you. Again, it's not a new different word, but it's connected to what he said before about where you're going, and he wants to push his fresh new wind behind you to affirm that you're going in the right direction. You need a here and now word from, for you. And when you hear a here and now word, a rhema word, different than just scripture. How many of you, I know you love scripture, right? And we value that no matter what it is. If I were to read the Ten Commandments to you right now, and I got to that part, especially if you have children, honor your father and your mother. 
so that you may live long, or I kill you right here and now, right, if you're dealing with your child. You want to fulfill this scripture? Honor me, or else, right? It goes on to say, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And I love to read God's word, and that does apply to me. But it doesn't necessarily inform my right here and right now as I face 2021. But you look at Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 6. You've got Peter who's been fishing all night. He has caught absolutely nothing. And now he's in a crowd, and, and this man named Jesus is in his boat and taking up his time. He should be home sleeping because he's a night fisherman. And he's discouraged probably about his finances. Have you ever worked and not gotten paid? Some of you are self-employed. You know what it is to go to the mailbox and there's no paycheck because you don't get a paycheck because you're relying on a customer. Or maybe you're on, uh, you, you work and you get paid based on sales. Or maybe your company's not doing well right now. Peter had fished all night. And in the process, there were no fish to be caught. And now Jesus, this man, has showed up and said, hey, could you allow me to use your boat as a, as a platform? Well, I'm trying to go home, trying to clean my nets. Okay, jump in. And this crowd gathers, and Peter finds himself in this moment of, i got to get home, i got to get sleep, I've got to get my nets prepared, i got to fish again tonight. And after Jesus is all done teaching, Jesus says to him, I, Simon, I want you to put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. That is the fresh rhema word for Peter at that moment. It's powerful. It's not any different than his past. He's already a fisherman. He's been struggling. He's looking at his future, and the voice of God speaks what his next steps are. It's amazing. And so listen to what he says. He says, Master, we have toiled. We've toiled all night. And we took nothing but at your word, at your rhema, at your fresh now word for me, I will let down my nets. And the Bible says and that when they've done this, they uh, enclosed a large number of fish and to the point that their nets were breaking. It is amazing when God breathes fresh wind and begins to push on your sail. You're going to find that you'll know it's rhema because your spirit man on the inside is going to begin, I don't even know how to describe it, it's going to begin to resonate. It's going to begin to like, uh, it's like some sort of nuclear thing that begins to get lit up and it's inside of you in the process. It's going to speak to you. It's also going to challenge you to believe for something bigger than what your eyes allow you to see at this moment. It's not going to be comfortable. The rhema word is, it'd be great if it was like, you can fly without trying. It's going to be more like jump off this cliff and you can fly. That's the rhema word. That's how you can know it's rhema when it causes you to believe something that otherwise you might not be able to see in spite of the oppositions and in spite of the challenges. Now let me put a pin in that and explain something about our church that you probably already know. There's all sorts of different types of preaching styles and all sorts of different types of teaching styles. And hopefully you know there's a difference between preaching and teaching. In 52 weeks that we have typically to come together as a church family, you'll find that I do not preach, our church typically doesn't preach line by line, chapter by chapter, book by book. Now there's nothing wrong with that. It is very valuable. We don't do that because I'll explain why. For us, with only 52 weeks, knowing that you can read your Bible every single day on your own, 
okay? And study the scripture, especially in this day and age, line by line, verse by verse. I have this wonderful gentleman, I don't even know what nation he's from, but he reads to me this year out of the NIV version of the Bible, the following Jesus yearly Bible reading plan that I'm, I'm doing, he has an amazing voice. And he draws me in. I won't even try to redo his voice. It is remarkable. And I go line by line, verse by verse, every single year, and I'm able to grow in that. But because we have limited time, I follow the, this scripture, which I see challenging me. It says, each of us has received a gift to use it to serve one another. And you all have different gifts, and they're, they're remarkable. Some of you have the gift of service. Some of you have the gift of generosity. Some of you have the gift of technology. It's great to have Joe. He's flying solo back there, running the sound system. Phenomenal job this morning. He's just randomly telling me, I'm just blindfolds on and push buttons. Each of us has a gift. But here's the challenge for, for those of you who speak. It'll always be my challenge to you when I invite you up to the pulpit. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. What I mean by that is we use the scripture. I'm using the scripture this morning. But here's what I'm challenged with every time we walk into this room. Dear God, these people need to hear a fresh word from you. Josh and Trish are trying to start their business, trying to decide where to move, how to work all that out. I've got Jordan who's just started a new job and then got promoted. Who, who's shocked, right? Uh, he starts a new career and he's already excelling at it. He's the COO of the company that he works at. He'll probably own the company. They'll have his bronze figure out in the driveway by the end of the week, right? <laughs> Leslie gets a phone call from someone unexpectedly and starts a brand new job on Monday. Um, remarkable, okay? We've got couples starting brand new lives together, right? And my thing is, God, these people walk in this room, they don't need a postcard from 100 years ago. Now, that postcard is valuable. All of the word of God is valuable. But somewhere in grabbing the postcard, somehow... God's got to be able to speak through this and deliver his fresh word. That is the challenge. That is, and that is why we preach the way that we do. That's why we pick basically our, our sermon series is our themes. They are the rhema that God is stirring within us. As we came through November fast, God began to deal with me about stop leaning backwards. Now's the right time to go and attack some really good things. While it seems like people are going to the left and people are going to the right, keep your focus and keep attacking for the things that God has spoken to you about. Stretch, and that word stretch got inside of my guts and has become the word for me for this year that you'll, you'll begin to hear. See, God gives me that thematic word. It comes out into our preaching, into our singing, into our leadership, and it becomes that fresh word from God. I love churches that teach line by line, verse by verse, and I am sure there's still the ability for that fresh raiment to get in there. I just know for me, I'm challenged to allow you to read the Bible, and when we have a facility, we'll have a Wednesday night Bible study to do line by line, but until then, as long as we're in the garage or setting up in a school, it's so important that when you walk in, you hear God's fresh wind press against your soul and carry you forwards, okay? Is that good? Okay, hopefully that explains that. So the second point that I want to give you this morning is a fresh word will encourage your here and now. Because here and now can become discouraging. Yesterday looks better than it really was. Tomorrow looks more impossible than ever. And so that makes this spot here 
discouraging at times. And so a fresh word will encourage your here and now. God's word in Abram's life and in your life, that fresh word, it's, it comes at a time of opposition and resources and doubt and discouragement. That's when God shows up on the scene to give that fresh rhema word. Sometimes it will happen on the mountaintop, but I have found that the mountaintop usually comes after the valley, and it's a lot of work to climb, and that's where God speaks. If I haven't made this clear, that God's fresh word is not a preacher thing. It's an us thing. It's a son and daughter thing. And if you don't have one, I'll give you a couple points here at the end, but you need one. God has one for you. He wants to make it accessible. He wants to make it available in your life. Abram was struggling to believe, and that fresh word encouraged him at 75. And guess what? He was going to need it for another 25 years. God spoke to him many more times to keep him encouraged. But a fresh word allows boost like nitrous into an engine or wind behind the sail of a sailboat. It multiplies horsepower, and it will keep you moving forward. Number three, a fresh word will also ignite, a fresh word in you will also ignite a fresh word in other people. I don't know about you, but getting around you when you're fired up fires me up. To hear you talk about the cool thing that God spoke to you and what you're pursuing, it gets inside of me. It's, it's our testimony. You, you realize that. Your testimony inspires other people. That's why I said, Jordan, having you up in front and center becomes of a greater value as you mature and you grow in stature to have that voice go out of what God is doing in your life or what he's taught you now impacts other people. How many of you enjoyed that this morning to hear about grandma, right? But that stalwart, that, that picture of having that type of influence with our generosity is fulfilled not only in our generosity and giving, but in our generosity to maybe do something that we're a little bit afraid of. It inspires us. And so now when I come and ask you to speak, and you're like, I can't do it, Jordan's going to show up, and he's going he's gonna to tap you out, a little UFC move, right? And he's going to say, if I did it, you can do it as well. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 45, and this is just so true. Um, of not just the words that you say, but it's really of the freshness of the word of God that's within side of your soul. I felt very dry. I'm going to tell you something. One of the reasons why I have to get a fresh word all the time to get in a fresh place where God breathes fresh wind into me, because, man, if I step up behind here and I don't have anything to give, it'll become very obvious very quickly. I'll start kicking into the stupid human tricks and telling old stories, because if you don't have anything in there, you're not going to be able to push it out. But when you have it in there, it cannot help but come out. So one of the things that's so valuable is to get around people who have that fresh touch of God in their life, and it will inspire you. Because Luke 6.45 says, a good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That's one of the greatest concerns that I have during this season. I have seen believers oppressed through the last 10 months. I've watched believers 
not, not be oppressed necessarily by some of the news of coronavirus, but then I've watched the racial tensions and the misunderstanding of what words mean cause conflicts, and next thing you know, believers fighting one another and being beat down, and now instead of being about the fresh word that God has said, it has to be about arguing my point, okay? And that spouting out that argument and trying to prove other people wrong comes from a place of, of emptiness. You know, it's more powerful to speak life into a situation to change it than to prove how wrong it is with your facts. Coroners show up and pronounce the time and the cause of death. Prophets show up and speak a new future. God has called you to be a prophet. He's called you to go to someone that their situation looks completely impossible and declare there is hope. God has good things. You'll have to open up your mouth, but you're going to have to have something in here. That's why it's important for you to get a fresh word for you, because if you have a fresh word for you, when you open up your mouth, it's going to pour out into other people. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Get a fresh word from God. Here in my remaining couple of moments, let me give you just how to go about getting a fresh word. You just get online to Amazon, do a quick search, download you a fresh word, they'll deliver it tomorrow. No, it doesn't work like that, right? I wish it did. It would be uh, so easy. And as a new believer, it, for me, and even as a young Christian, it seemed like a challenging thing. God, what are you saying? But as I've gotten older, it really is in, within grasp. It is within reach. Um, getting a fresh word, number one, requires you to position yourself to hear. It's just really that simple, to be listening. And one of the ways that you can begin to position yourself to hear in listening is that's why we come, one of the reasons why we gather in church. It's also why we, um, we listen to pot for me. For me, I, I, I listen to what, I, it sounds crazy, I listen to what I preach. I go back. And as weird as this is, I promise you, this is, this is really weird. But I go back and I listen to myself preach, and God speaks to me out of it. It is the most weirdest thing because I studied it and I know it, but when I hear it, God speaks to me fresh. Now, I don't rely on only my voice, and I would recommend that you don't re rely only on the voice coming out of our church. This would be like our main station, right? This is our home. This is our family. But I also have other people that I tune into regularly all throughout the week, and they're people of faith. And as I listen to them, by just making myself available, I was listening to a, a podcast uh, of a woman on Awakened Church's staff, Stacy Capaldi. Some of you would know her. And she preached a message that I swear to you was like a surgeon coming in and cutting me from toe to head, opening me up and pulling out cancerous cells. And I would have never gotten that on my own. I thought I was just listening to her sermon, and I heard God speak audibly to me about my attitude. It was amazing. It was the most incredible surgery. I was working in the crawl space of my house. That's where it happened. But I was making myself, putting myself in a place to hear. Um, read books, Christian books. I mean, God can, God can just speak to you. I want you to know that. He can just interrupt your busy schedule. But you can hear more often if you put yourself in the zip code to hear. Position yourself to hear. Be in church. If you miss church, listen to the podcast. Listen to the audio. Second thing is posture yourself to hear because you can be within the sound of the word, 
and not hear anything because you're not postured to hear. Have you ever read the Bible like I have and got all done and asked yourself the question, what did I just read? Yep, because your mind is doing a thousand different things and you're distracted because you're trying to check the sports game, you know, the score, or, or you're hitting social media, or you've got your alerts going off on your watch. Like last week when I was preaching with my fly down and somebody texted me after the message was completely done. Great timing. Oh, by the way, your fly was down this entire time. Thank you so much for the amazing timing, 100-year-old postcard. Um, <laughs> would have helped. I'd have been like, squirrel! And I would have, I would have got away with it. Um, but when you posture yourself to hear, which is the second one, you, you actually uh, put yourself in a place where you're turning up the volume of the word and turning down the volume of everything else. It's leave your social media device someplace else. It's, it's actually, for me, leaning forward. It really is. It, it is why we say to people at home, treat, if you're at home, we provided this for you so that you can have church with your family. Do not sit back, put the lazy boy up and watch people lead worship. You won't be postured the way you'll need to be to actually get out of the time of singing. Because when you stand with your hands raised, how many of you have had God speak to you with your hands raised? As you're singing out those words, some of those words, they do that thing. They start to resonate, right? But it's because you were participating. You were postured to hear. You lean forward. Maybe some of you need to learn to fast monthly. Put it on the schedule. For me, when I begin a fast... After a few days, all of a sudden, it is like postcards start showing up in my mailbox. It's the weirdest thing. I try to time it so that I always finish a fast after church on a Sunday. And it is like remarkable because when I'm doing it, while I'm speaking, I, I have this incredible sense of I've got his hand and I've got yours. And there's a, there's the, it's coming together. Fasting is just a way to turn down the volume on your flesh to turn down the volume on the world, okay, to hear God, what he's saying. And the final thing is you just drill down once you grab onto something. Drill down on it. Don't just, if God speaks to you in church, why well, I encourage you to take notes. Write down the thing that God says because then you have it in your hand. Later on, you bring it back. This is what, this is what a fresh word will require you to do, to come back and look at it again. And to come back and look at it a little closer. And then get your magnifying glass out and look closer. Drill down. Back in 1876, there were several gold miners who, why don't you stand with me as I go ahead and share this with you. Uh, Dave, if you give me that final next slide. Uh, back in 1876, there were several gold miners who discovered some gold nuggets in a little tiny town called, of Leeds, which is in South Dakota. The land on which the discovery took place was part of a treaty with the Lakota Indians. So these miners were unable to do anything with these few nuggets that they found on the surface of the ground. But three wealthy businessmen got wind of the discovery, and they were, did you hear what I said? Three wealthy businessmen. People who know the value of things will always find more. Did you get that truth out of this story? The people who originally found the gold didn't quite understand that they knew there was some value, but it was wealthy businessmen. 
we think of them oftentimes as sharks. No, no, no. This is somebody who understands wealth and has the radar up to go acquire more. These three wealthy businessmen were convinced that that little presence of gold meant that there was likely a whole lot more. Because when you feel it start to resonate, you're like, there's more in here. I just know that there is. And so what did they do? Way back then, they, were, they approached the Lakota Indians and they purchased the land back then for an astronomical $70,000. But it's gone on to become, as of 2002, the most productive gold mine in the entire United States, having provided 44 million ounces of gold in today's economy. That's $84 billion. When God begins to drop something in, drill down on it. There's more there. Understand the value. I want to pray for you, and we're going to jump back in a song. But if you desire to hear the fresh word of God, maybe just take your hands and raise them up to him and say, God, I know you have a word for me. I've heard it before. I know I'll hear it again. But today my heart's stirred, and I long, God, to be a man or a woman who walks in your word. I need to know your word for my business. Lord, I need to know your word for the next season of my life. Lord, I need to hear your word to know it's possible to do the thing I'm trying to do. God, I'm trusting you. God, I'm believing you for your fresh word. And I'm asking you to teach me to go ahead and mine that gold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.